0: Very good. Well, we've been looking at a series um, recently, which is about pastoral issues. We've looked at handling criticism and dealing with loss and friendships. And today, we're looking at the subject of dealing with stress. Who's been stressed this morning? One or two of us. (laughs) Oh dear, Lord. We're going to um, just have a look at this subject and take you through a few scriptures on the subject of dealing with stress. Let's pray first of all. Father God, we thank you for your word and we pray that you would enlighten us on this. Stress is a, 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 it seems to be a phenomena of modern life. And most people feel uh, uh, some degree of stress. And so Father, we pray that you would help us to understand the wisdom of the Bible on this, but also lead us, we ask, in our lifestyles and how we live our lives so that we can handle stress and manage it much better. In accordance to your will and purpose, we pray. Amen. Well, according to a survey run by the Mental Health Foundation, three quarters of all adults feel so stressed they feel overwhelmed and are unable to cope. About 80% of people who reported on that said they felt that level of stress at some point during the week. That's quite high, isn't it? Where you get to a stress point at some point during the week where you think, I'm not sure I can cope with this, this is so much. Um, And in fact, 8% of the people that were reported uh, said they felt stressed all the time. Almost all the time they felt stressed. There are two factors in stress, external factors and our response to them. If we can't control the external factors, which is the first thing that we need to do, then we need to learn how to control our response to them. We can't always control the externals, but we can control how we feel and respond and react to them. And we can feel stressed over almost everything in life, from traffic noise to a serious disease, from debt to demanding children. This is the wisdom of somebody who was um, talking about stress. You might recognize some of these words. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I cannot accept, and the wisdom to hide the bodies of those I had to kill today because they got on my nerves. Also, help me to be careful of the toes I step on today, as I may be connected to the feet I may have to kiss tomorrow. And help me always to give 100% at work. 17% on Mondays, 23% on Tuesdays, 30% on Wednesdays, 20% on Thursday, and 10% on Friday. And help me to remember, when I'm having a bad day and it seems that people are really trying to wind me up, it takes 42 muscles to frown, 28 muscles to smile, but only four muscles to reach out my arm and punch them. Handling stress is something we all struggle with. And being a Christian does not safeguard us from the pressures of life. These are the words of Paul in 2 Corinthians 1, verse 8 to 9. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under such great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. That's a pa- powerful words, aren't they? We were under so much stress, And pressure, brothers and sisters, that we despaired of even life itself. Indeed, we felt we had to receive the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. So, what are the symptoms of stress? Well, normally stress um, is associated with some kind of change, and it's normally intensified if we have an emotional connection to that change. It can create headaches, and pains, and sleep problems, and the inability to concentrate, and irritability, anger, tears, and on and on. And we've all had times of acute stress, and I'm sure if I was going to ask you, can you recall a time in your life of quite difficult stress, I think you would probably come up with one. One or two of you nodding. <laughs> yes, <can>. Yesterday, <laughs> the day before yesterday, the day before yesterday, or the day before yesterday so it it, we have all of us got times when we can have tremendous i had a time of stress i was trying to think back did i have a time of really acute levels of stress and i thought yes there was one time when i was training and when i'm training when you when you're training in the ministry you have to spend two weeks on placement and you have to either spend two weeks in the police or in hospitals or in prison service and i decided to spend two weeks in the police and I was attached to a police station in the south of Bristol for a couple of weeks. And I had this young police officer who I don't think, I don't think he knew the rules because I was just in the back of the car. And uh, we were sort of blue-lighting everywhere across sort of Bristol. And um, I was sort of rattling around in the back of the car. Um, I wasn't in my collar or anything. I was just like, looking sort of, you know, just in dark clothing. So whenever we stopped on the estates, the boys would come on and look at me in the back of the car and they'd tap on the window and go, Oi, oh, wait, hey, oh, hey, you've been nicked then. And I'd go, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that. And, um, and on one occasion, we got this call in because a lady had been trying to forge something in the local bank. And they caught her. And so we, we sort of put the, the sirens on, the lights on, and sort of you know, fired across town. And just as we were screeching up, she got away from them, got away from security, and she ran off into the estate. And we screeched up outside the bank, and the bank manager came running out, and he said, she's just got away, and she's run off into the estate. And so the, pl- and the, the police officer looked back at me and he said, right, Rob, I'll go this way, and you go that way. And I said, right, like that. And I got out of the car and I started running. And I got down the road, I was was running for about five minutes, which is a long time for me, trust me, and the adrenaline was really pumping. I got down to the end of the road, and I was going... (sighs) like that, and I thought... What am I doing? What am I doing? I'm not a police officer. I can't... I'm a a vicar. How am I I, going to find this? If I find this person hiding behind a bin, what am I going to say? Oh, you I know, I can't, I've got no powers of arrest. I haven't even got a pair of, of, of handcuffs or anything like that. I just said, I'm terribly sorry. Can I just explain, first of all, that I'm not a police officer. I am a vicar in the Church of England. And um, bless you. Would you like some prayer? Um, yeah, would you like to come to the station with me? And I, I tell you, I was, I was really stressed. I was really stressed because I just didn't have any handle on what I was doing. I was completely out of my depth in that situation. And I look back and I think, oh gosh, there's been a few moments over the years when we get stressed. Why are we so stressed? Obviously there are work demands, but there's also family demands. Someone once said, my grandfather started walking five miles a day when he was 60. He's now 85. And we haven't got a clue where he is. Looking after elderly parents is stressful. Looking after family members is stressful. Looking after children is stressful. As all parents know, there are three ways to get something done. You do it yourself, you hire someone to do it, and you forbid your kids to do it. This report said that there were three main reasons as to why we get stressed. It says, firstly, because we're juggling so much all the time. We're juggling work demands and home demands and relationship demands. And then it said that the second reason was because of relentlessness. In the past, our lives were much more decompartmentalized. We'd get up and we'd go to work, we'd come home, And the two worlds pretty much used to stay quite separated. But now, with social media, they bleed into one another all the time. So you have pressures hit you when you're at work about what's going on at home. And pressures about work hitting you when you're at, um, sorry, at work when you're at home. And pressures hitting you at uh, home when you're at work. So all kinds of things are, are, I feel, like proving to cause us to have this kind of fluid pressure and flexible working times and this ability to be able to work at flexible times and um, being able to work remotely is said to be, actually, um, really bad for our mental health because we're not decompartmentalized, we're not separating things out and having designated times. And the thinking is, That if you had designated times for things and designated places for things, it's much healthier. And then there's the frequency, the complexity of social interactions of social media, that just stresses out. And the competitive. I'm not on Facebook, but um, but I notice that Facebook is is it can be quite competitive because everyone's presenting their... Wonderful life. And if you look at it, you're thinking, oh, they have gone on holiday again. And they got a wonderful life. And my life isn't as wonderful as that. Oh, look, they're always happy. And I don't think I could cope with it. Because, you know, we're very competitive, aren't we, as human beings. It's not enough to succeed, is it? Others have got to fail. That's the other thing, isn't it? So you can't cope with sort of seeing all these sort of pressures coming in. And it is a relentless pressure and it causes us then to start feeling stressed. There are times in our lives when we feel acutely stressed. Jesus had all kinds of pressures. He had pressures not just from his disciples and not just from the scribes and the religious leaders, even from his own family, when Mary and the brothers turn up outside the house and are concerned for him. If you recall that story, all kinds of stresses and pressures, but of course there's one time where he is acutely stressed, and that comes in Mark 14 and verse 33. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. And going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep and here, actually, is the only point in the Gospels where Jesus gives a directive for a period of of period of prayer. Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? One hour, says the Lord. If you were to pray for one hour, it would keep you. I would keep you. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. For the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So what can we do in handling the stresses of life? Here's just a few tips from the scriptures. First of all, um, we can begin to start thinking, being gentle with ourselves, and use our imaginations to visualize the solution. Paul writes this in Philippians chapter four. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, then think about such things. Use our minds, visualize, to think about the things that we need to to help us through this time. Visualize something positive, a positive outcome. Visualize different solutions. Use our minds to think on the things that we might be able then to to find a place of peace. Peace just through our imagination, learning to be gentle with ourselves, just how we think. Secondly, we need to be generous with ourselves. We need to learn how to set boundaries, how to set boundaries in our life, but also with our emotions as well. This is something somebody had written about work. They said, for a couple of years, I've been blaming my stress on a lack of sleep, and too much pressure from my job, but now I've found out the real reason. I'm tired because I'm overworked. The population of this country is 58 million. 24 million are retired. That leaves 34 million to do all the work. There are 20 million at school, which leaves 14 million to do all the work. Of this, there are 7.5 million employed by the government, leaving 6.5 million to do all the work. million are in the armed forces, which leaves 3.8 million to do all the work. Take from the total the 3,770,000 people who work for local authorities, that leaves just 30,000 people to do all the work. At any given time, there are 20,000 people in hospital, leaving 10,000 people to do all the work. Now there are 9,998 people in prison. So that just leaves two people to do all the work, you and me but I'm too tired, so that leaves you. Set boundaries. We have to decide where the line is. Not just about what we do, but the emotional responsibility as well. You will find throughout the Gospels, Jesus saying to his disciples, let's go on the other side and rest for a while. In fact, often Jesus does that. He says to his disciples, let's go to the other side of the lake and rest for a while. Let's come out of this and rest. In John chapter 11, verse 54, it says, therefore Jesus no longer moved about publicly among the people of Judea. Instead, he withdrew. Isn't that interesting? Everybody who came to Jesus for healing received healing There were thousands of people that were dependent on him at the beginning of Mark's gospel They literally laid all the sick out in the marketplace and he healed every one of them There were so many people desperate. There are people in pain. There are people suffering There are people trying to get to him. There are people trying to reach him, but Jesus says I'm gonna withdraw why? Because he's, he's not only the eternal son of the living God, but he's also human. He feels thirsty and he feels hungry and he feels tired. He withdraws. He goes to the other side of the lake. There's a boundary there for his physical work and for his emotional work as well. And You might think, well, why, Lord, why, why would you do that? Why would you pull away? These people need you. These people are desperate for you, Jesus. Why do you withdraw? Because we have to do that, folks. We have to find space where we can step back and find peace. It's what Jesus does, and he does it with God. He says to the Father, this is where I am. He goes off in the quiet places, and spends time with God he sets boundaries he withdrew to a region near the wilderness to a village called Ephraim where he stayed with his disciples and we need to learn to set those boundaries too what am I responsible for what am I not responsible for when am I available but when am I not available and what about the emotional responsibilities What should I feel for and when shouldn't I? What's important at this time? We need to learn how to be generous with ourselves and not feel guilty because we're not constantly available. We learned from the gospels that Jesus knew when to spend time with God and to take that time for himself. Finally, I think it's really important that we grasp the truth about the limitations that we have as human beings. We've got to be gritty with ourselves and just understand that we are not superheroes. I live this verse in 2 Corinthians four, verse seven to 10. Paul says, "But we have this treasure in j- sorry, in, in jars of clay. We have this treasure. In jars of clay. Not in these amazing things. Not in this gold that's, that's just, you know, encased in, in rubies and diamonds. In jars of clay. That's who we are. We can't expect too much of ourselves. We, don't, we need to learn how to embrace the imperfect. <laughs> how many of you are perfectionists? Don't answer that. <laughs> but you've got to learn to brace, embrace the imperfect and step back from it a little bit. Sometimes we've attached too much to having things in a certain way and it frustrates us when it doesn't work out that way. Rather than being content and grateful with what we have, we're always concentrating on what we don't. We focus on the imperfections rather than enjoying what we have. We have these expectations. I find this... Um, a real challenge with young people because they're given, they're presented all the time through through social media and through the screens and through everything that they're presented with these exceeded expectations that just aren't reality, expectations on how they should look and what they should do and how life should be, and we're unhappy when our expectations exceed reality, when our imagination exceeds what things are really like. And technologies make a false appearance of things they give us unrealistic expectations. We need to learn how to expect the real and not the unreal. And also accept that things change. Once we get things in our minds, we've kind of worked out how it should go, but it seldom does. Things change. Things don't quite work out. As they should. But that's all part of the enjoyment of it. That's all part of the fun of it. Remember. We are treasure. In jars of clay. To show that this all surpassing power. Is from God. And not from us. So we need to learn. We need to learn how to create that space for ourselves. So that we can step back into the Lord and just be renewed and be restored. And we need to be gentle with ourselves as well and remind ourselves that we're not perfect and life isn't perfect. And we can't have these expectations. And just sometimes, and I know it sounds kind of odd, but sometimes we just have to embrace the imperfections of everything and just enjoy life for what it is and enjoy God for who he is. and even being a Christian, we think, oh, our well, life should be perfect. It's not going to be perfect. There's all kinds of pressures, as Paul says, all kinds of things that weigh down on us. But we need to learn in that how to step into God, find the time, and do as Jesus says, when you're feeling really stressed and you're feeling really kind of burdened. And he says to you, Let's come away with me to the other side and rest for a while. Let's pray. Lord, we want to come away with you and rest for a while and to learn how, it, how we can in your presence, release these things to you and find a way by which we can not put so much pressure on ourselves, but find that release and peace that comes from knowing you. You said to Simon Peter, if you would pray for just one hour, you would be kept from this. Just one hour. Help us, Lord, to learn that our lives, first and foremost, are laid before you. And that all the things that press, pressure on us and press in on us, they're secondary. What's primary is our relationship with you. Help us, Lord, then, to draw our strength from you in those times when we spend with you. In Jesus' name, amen.